welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We are your host, Tim and Julie Harris. This, of course, is Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are broadcasting live, live from lovely Austin, Texas. So, Julie, I am really excited about some of the future guests we have for the radio show. Brad Inman from Inman News Features. We're also going to be interviewing. My hope is to have interviewed within the next 60 to 90 days every CEO of, every, of all the biggest brokerages in the country, seven or eight of them. Um, we're working on interviews with all those guys. Wow. We're also always, always, always interested in interviewing top-producing agents. Obviously, we're an agent-centric radio show. Our focus, our passion will always be helping uh, individual agents build their real estate businesses. So if any of you think you might make for a good radio interviewee, then certainly send us an email, communicate with us, and we'll get you on the radio in all likelihood. And we are, I would say, the third group of folks we like to interview or be the people that are in the technology space that are you know, creating things for agents and for their, to make their businesses more efficient. Now, with those guys, admittingly, we're a lot more careful on who we introduce all of you to. Um, but yeah, if you think you might fit for a radio interviewee and you have a product that you're looking to sell or feedback you're looking to get on your product you're thinking about selling, well, there's no better way to get that feedback in real time. We have 100,000 agents that listen to this radio show fairly consistently. So yeah, you're going to get right in front of a really very significant portion of the active agents in the country. You know, Julie, it's, um, I was reading an article it was on a Monday uh, this talks about the fact that there's something like a million members of the National Association of Realtors. Just statistics stuff is fun sometimes, you know, that there's mm-hmm. a million members in the National Association of Realtors, and it's uh, assumed that of the a million agents that are there, you know, there's something like five million transactions that are done every year, that in essence, a vast majority of the transactions are done by only 20% of those agents. And so if you consider that a million agents, 20% of the million agents is obviously 200,000, and, you know, our radio listenership is around 100,000. That's kind of a big number, don't you think? Definitely. That's, that's pretty exciting. I mean, we're yeah, I mean, people and we're, you know, you and I always want to have an impact, of course, on the market at large and making things easier and faster and more efficient and better for all of our listeners. So that's pretty exciting numbers. I like that. It is. So um, I had a fun question the other day, Julie. One of our coaches asked me, what is it that you and I spend a bulk of our time doing, doing during the day? And, um, you know, the, the answer was quite simple. We, of course, have a handful of personal coaching clients that we've had forever. But in addition to that, we spend most of our time creating new content, new systems, new marketing ideas. But also we spend, um, I would say, the rest of our time coaching coaches. So the coaches that were working for us, we are spending a lot of time with those guys, helping to make them really, really good. Fortunately, I think, um, I'm going to be as bold to say this, I believe that we have the best coaches in the industry. Um, we're very selective on who we bring on. And, um, yeah, we're looking for people that have certain qualities. Listen to the radio show we did the other day on um, what we look for when we're hiring coaches. And if you're thinking about becoming a coach or if you'd like to explore it, listen to that radio show first. And uh, make sure you meet all 10 of those criteria. We're very, very selective. So, Julie, what is the topic of today's radio show? We are talking about how to make money by knowing and being really great with the DISC personality profiles. 
I consider that, and I think you do too, to be a serious secret weapon, something that gives you almost an unfair advantage versus other agents. So this is an exciting call, and it's one of the things that we hear from uh, clients makes a huge impact to their ability to win different types of appointments, to do things more efficiently, and honestly, to remove some stress from their relationships. So let's first start out by giving them a little bit of history on DSC per, uh, personality profiles. Um, you guys want to make sure that you're using uh, the research that was originally done by a guy named Dr. Marston, M-A-R-S-T-O-N. So if you're going you're gonna to listen to this radio show, if you've never been exposed to this stuff before, trust me when I tell you, you're going to want to read more about it because it really – and you know, it's an eye-opener, and sometimes it's the, a huge um, relief because you'll start to understand more about yourself, but you'll also understand more about the folks that you're trying to do business with. So if you want to do some more homework on this, go to uh, Google and then just do a, a search for Dr. Marston DISC Personality Profiles. There's another a number of companies online that will give you um, – you I th sometimes have to pay some nominal fee, and there's short versions that are free where you can actually take the DISC personality test yourself. Julie, what's the one that we, we recommend? Uh, Soaring Eagle Enterprises, and I will look that up and make sure I get that exactly right. Actually, you know what? We're going to do one better. Mr. Show Producer, would you please include a link to Soaring Eagles Enterprises in the show description so they could just click on that because I would be really surprised if, you know, not everyone want, if everyone didn't want to go and pursue more information on this because it is quite cool. So um, be very, very mindful of avoiding all of the information, all the books, all the trainers, all the training that came uh, after Dr. Marston because what happened is a lot of people took his original research and especially in the 80s and 90s, uh, they then rehashed the information and they'll have labeled the different categories, different things, and they sort of just, in my opinion, really muddied the waters. Dr. Marston's original research was very clear, very easy to understand, and most importantly, very practical and easy to apply for your real estate business. Now I'm going to give you a little side fact, fun fact about Dr. Marston, just so you can kind of put this whole personality profiling stuff in context. Um, <laughs> Dr. Marston also created, you guys are about to go, huh? Yeah, Dr. Marston also created the cartoon character Wonder Woman. How many of you knew that, right? So when I when we're talking about this DIC stuff, please there. don't assume. Yeah, please don't assume that it's uh, uh, anything other than just a soft science. Don't assume that it's a hard science. Don't assume that this stuff is anything other than a useful tool, um, because that's all it really is. Okay, so don't go off the deep end and start believing that. Don't go analytical on this. That's what I'm saying. Because the guy who created it also created the comic book character Wonder Woman. So, you know, it kind of gives you an idea of what his context was. <laughs> all right, Julie, so let's just deep dive in. We've, I want to try to, if we can, cover all of this on one radio show. So, listeners, please take notes. And, again, do your homework after the call. I'm going to shut up and let Julie uh, do her thing here because she's got it all very well organized. Miss Julie? All right, perfect. So the first thing you guys all need to do listening to the show here is get out a fresh piece of paper, nothing else on it, and something to write with. And we're going to split your page into four quadrants. So you'll end up with an upper left hand, upper right hand, lower right hand, and lower left hand quadrant. And at the top, so go ahead and split that up so you basically do a big plus sign in the middle of your page. And after you've done that, at the top of the page, like a title, you're going to write the word direct. At the bottom of the page, like a footnote, you're going to write indirect. So that shows that the, we're going to label these as your different personality styles. The top half of the page are direct personalities. The bottom half are indirect. 
And then on the left-hand side of the page, about midway, you're going to write introvert. And on the right-hand side of the page, you're going to write extrovert. So we know that personality styles, the two on the left-hand side of the page are introverts, and on the right-hand side are extroverts. So let me stop there hey, for a second. Jules, let me just interject something here. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. sure, but let me just interject. Guys, if you go to googleimages.com and you do a, uh, a search, googleimages.com, and you do a search for uh, personality profile, DISC, you'll see literally dozens and dozens of beautifully um, char well-done charts uh, of what Julie's describing. So if you want to, again, I know if you're going to want to take this to the next level, yeah. that's a great place to go because the charts are done really well. So sorry, Jules. Yeah, especially if you have terrible handwriting. So that will probably help you. Yeah. Okay. Or you're driving and you that. can't write the chart. And you, you're driving yeah. and you're in your car and you can't Don't make wreck. the chart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So, good note on that. All right, excellent. So just to define what we've done so far, top half of the page is direct. Direct means you use few words. You basically cut to the chase. You get to the bottom line. That's direct. Indirect, you use stories, facts. It takes a little bit longer to get to what you're trying to say. An introvert, the left-hand side of the page, introverts can be defined that when they are around people, they kind of end up with a sense of being drained, like their battery is drained, versus extroverts when they're around people, their battery is charged. So that helps define just what we've done so far. Now, in the upper left-hand quadrant, and don't write too big because we're going to be adding things to these quadrants to help sort it all out. So the upper left-hand quadrant is the driver personality. And if you look at our chart, that shows that they are a direct introvert because they are in that category on our chart. In the upper right, you're going to write I, which stands for influencer, also referred to oftentimes as the expressive personality or the life of the party type. And the influencer is also direct, but in this case, they're an extrovert. So you can already see the driver and the influencer have something in common. They're both direct, that one's an introvert and one's an extrovert. The lower right-hand quadrant is S for support, also known as the amiable personality style. And you can see that the amiable person, or the S, the support type personality, is an indirect extrovert. And then the lower left-hand quadrant is C for communicator, also known as analytical. And the communicator or the analytical is an indirect introvert. So if you go around the page, Tim, you can kind of see you know, the top half of the page has something in common. They're both direct. Left-hand side of the page has something in common. They're both introverts. Bottom half is both indirect. And the bottom right-hand are both extroverts. So the personality styles that are most in conflict are the ones that are diagonal because they actually have nothing in common. So the driver and the S, or amiable, the support person, they really don't have any commonalities, and we'll talk more about that. So am I explaining this? I do this quite frequently, so I want to make sure. No, no, you're doing great. I think yeah. you're, you're explaining it well. But again, don't, guys, remember this, um, you are, uh, I'll give you a little bit of uh, foreshadowing what we're going to talk about here in a sec. <laughs> All of you are a different mix of all four personality types. No one is just right. one, so just remember that. Go ahead, Jules. That's right. So this is a guideline, and when we use this in our practice, we use this in coaching, and our coaching clients use this all the time. This just helps you be a better communicator. The whole point, if you want to write this down, maybe turn your page over and on the back, write down, why am I doing this? Because agents who are most versatile, meaning that they have the ability to shift and change and modify how they communicate to be more like their clients and prospects, 
agents. The agents who are most versatile make the most money, period, because they're not going around going, well, I only work with people like me. I didn't hit it off with them, so I'm not going to take their listing. They don't say stupid stuff like that. They say, you know what, that person was super direct, so I've got to make sure I'm in front of that every step of the way, and I've got to be really direct back with them so that we can get along, even though maybe I'm super amiable and it's not my natural style. So the definition of versatility is the ability to deal with a multitude of different personalities in a multitude of situations for both people to benefit, your client and yourself. Mainly, we're focusing on the client. When they're successful, you're successful. So that's why we're doing this. Versatility will get you more commission checks closer together, and I know that's what all of you want. It will also remove a lot of the stress from the transaction. So let's kind of label these on how do you know. So first I like to go through typical phrases. So Tim, drivers. What's a typical driver phrase? I mean, early warning sign, I'm dealing with a driver because I heard what? Get to the bottom line. What's the bottom line? You know, they don't want to basically have a lot of jib-jab, not a lot of talking. They just want to, you know, they don't want long presentations. They don't want you to sit around and chew the fat with them and try to get to know them and, you know, talk about the weather. Not even down south, drivers really can tolerate much of that. They're just like, they'll go through the, the initial, hello, how do you do, but they want to cut to it. Yes, and they'll say things like that. Can you cut to it? They might say, is there a question there? What's the point? Get to the point, that sort of thing. Oftentimes they'll say, I don't need the background, just give me your question or just give me the bottom line. So those of you taking notes, write that in your driver quadrant. These are typical driver phrases because they are what? They are direct introverts. They're not going to sit around and sip mint juleps on the porch with you for an hour before they get to the point. Not going to work. So let's go over to the upper right, the I, the influencer, also known as expressive. They share with drivers that they're direct, but what's the difference? They're direct in a different way. They are extroverts. They are people-oriented. They might look at you and say, gosh, who put your outfit together today? Right? Or they might say, wow, that's a really fantastic you know, piece of jewelry that you have. They're going to just cut right to it, but they're going to be all about you and focusing on people, and they, they like to be around people. They're influencers. They like to have their influence over others. They're great real estate clients because they tend to be upwardly mobile and brand sensitive. So your real estate clients in this category will move from neighborhood to neighborhood as it's an up-and-coming, the next latest, greatest neighborhood. In cities where it's all about the buildings, which is the most popular building, you know, maybe there's something brand new being built in Miami in a killer location. Well, it doesn't matter if they love their existing location. They're going to move because that's important to them. So upwardly mobile influencers, they're direct extroverts. Phrases that they will use are things like, who else lives there? What is the up and coming? What's the most popular? What's going to be best? Uh, and really, they're all about people. So one of the ways that you can tell this is they come off as the life of the party type. They do use the word I a lot. If we're talking about phrasing, it's I, I, I. It's one of the ways that you can recognize them. I stands for influencer. If you're looking at pictures on their iPhone, the picture is always them with someone else. Lots of selfies, right? It's not just of the subject. It's them with the subject, right? So if they're visiting New York and, and they're uh, you know, going to one of the sites there, it's them in front of the building, not just the building, right, or at the park or wherever. Okay? Now, lower right hand, S stands for support or amiable. 
These are very family-oriented, warm and fuzzy. They use lots of feeling words. I feel like this. They don't say thinking words. They use feeling words. They like to have their hand held. And I always use the example, Tim, if we're at a live event and I'm shuffling through my notes and I get a bad paper cut and I ask the audience, who's got a Band-Aid for me? All of the amiable people will stand up. And the most amiable, uh, amiable or support uh, person amongst them will want to put the Band-Aid on for me and may even have several types of Band-Aids to choose from. That's how you know you've got amiable people. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, they are indirect extroverts. Now, they're all about other people, but they're more about giving and being about family-oriented versus the influencer that's more about themselves. They use that word I a lot. Supporters use the word you more. Okay, so they want that hand-holding. I use the example, Tim, I don't know if you remember, uh, an appointment that we went on, a double amiable appointment, where they actually made us dinner for the listing appointment, and they had what had to be at least a 1,000 pictures of their recent cruise. Right? These were past clients, extremely amiable. They didn't really care about our presentation. They just wanted to get, a, get to know us more. <laughs> so that's the double amiable to support indirect extroverts. Well, it's also worth uh, mentioning, Julie, a lot of times you will be able to, again, we're going to get to more details on this, but a lot of personality types, you'll find them in the roles that you would think that they would be in terms of careers. Um, you know, an amiable person, like Julie says, is going to be like a school teacher. They're going to be a support role. A driver, um, a little fun fact for all of you guys, <laughs> uh, you know, I actually have two thoughts that just popped into my mind. When you go to a real estate event and you ask, and people have been exposed to this, and you ask the audience, you know, what? how many of you think you're drivers? Every agent in the face of the earth thinks that being a driver is some yeah. sort of secret weapon. It's totally being taught wrong, and you guys are yeah. confused about, uh, you know, drivers, depending on what you read, are less than 10% of the total population. So the probability of every real estate agent or even a majority of real estate agents being drivers, the probability of that being true is almost zero. But if that wasn't enough, here's a fun fact. Um, uh, I believe it was Dr. Marston actually did research on the personality profiles of folks in prison. And guess what the dominant personality was? Drivers. <laughs> so people in jail are these drivers that are non-versatile, uh, you know, basically don't really know how to communicate very effectively with other types of folks. And at one of the kind of jokes is, well, of course you know that most, uh, you know, like bank robbers, or robbers and criminals are uh, drivers because they make the direct statement, put your hands up, give me all your money. I mean, that's right. a very Pick driver statement. Whereas an amiable person would be like, if they were robbing you, well, they would never would. But they if they were be. robbing you, they, they'd be much more conversational. They'd be much nicer about it. They might even do something indirect, like hand you a note so they don't have to confront you. You know, you guys get the now, point they here. They for a loan. They wouldn't even do the robbing. <laughs> Sorry. Like, would it be okay if maybe possibly we could get together on this? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but those are great examples too. So, let me do the fourth one, which is your lower left-hand quadrant, and then we'll go through these again with how you win and how you lose. So, how you apply this to real estate. So, the C, the communicator or the analytical personality style, is also indirect, but they're an introvert. Indirect, they use more words, but they're different kind of words. They're more about stats and facts and perfectionism and. If you've got an analytical client and you're closing them and they ask you for comps to back up why you're asking them to pay full list or over on the house they want to buy, if you don't provide those comps and substantiate what you're asking them to do, they're just going to disappear on you. They might 
go through the listing agent. They might ride off into the sunshine, into the sunset, and you're just not going to know. But they left you because they didn't get what they needed from you, which is stats, facts, figures, back it up. You know, show me why you're asking me to do that. They tend to be very much on time, tend to be uh, very detail-oriented. I remember going to a listing appointment once, and the seller had written down exactly what time each of the agents he was interviewing showed up, how many minutes which late was, they were past the 5 o'clock appointment. Which was awesome because we were early. <laughs> yeah, which we teach all of our coaching clients to be as well. So that's right. how you win. All right, so we've done the driver, the influencer, the supporter, and the C-type analytical communicator. So let's talk about how you win and how you lose, right? So on a driver, Tim, to your point, they like to just sort of settle down, get to the get to the point, cut to the chase. So if you try and sell to a driver using blah, blah, blah instead of just blah, you're not going to hit it off. You're not going to gel. They're just Maybe they're not going to say why they didn't like you, but they're just not going to do business with you. They're going to go away. So allow a driver to be a driver because it is the most dominant personality style. Instead of doing battle with them, especially if you are also a driver, just let them be direct. They're not going to change to meet you. And that's true really of all the personality styles. It's not their job as the client or prospect to be like you. It's your job to be like them. That's why you get the paycheck at the end. So well, that's really important. That's really important to drill down on that because if you guys, and I had actually a call with one of our coaches today helping him to sort of work with one of his un, very unversatile closing clients. And the question you've got to ask yourself is if you look at all the folks that you're doing business with, buyers and sellers, how many of them are just like you? If you look at all the friends that you have, assuming you have any friends, how many of them are just like you? If you look at basically your entire life, chances are if you're not versatile, in other words, if you don't have the ability to get along with folks that aren't just like you, you'll find that everyone, everyone you're surrounding, uh, surrounded by and everyone you're attracted to and attracting to you are all going to be just like you. And that is um, true with all the personality styles. But, Julie, I have to say for the most part that I see a lot of lack of versatility. It happens in all the personality styles. But you see a lot of folks that are on the analytical side who have a tendency to be the hardest to get the concept of being versatile because they are so precise in the way they think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting analytical people once – the nice thing about analytical folks is once they do get the importance of being versatile, they are usually the most versatile at it because once they conceptualize that, yes, I'm realizing that I'm only really working with people that are analytical. I'm only really working with, you know, other folks that think like me or act like me. You know, and I want to be able to help other people. I want to be able to work with folks that are all different personality types. So I'm going to study it, and then they study it, then they get it, and then they apply it, and then they're usually the best at it. Whereas maybe someone, for example, on the driver expressive side, especially on the expressive side, or even, you know, like, so if you look on, on the chart that Julie got made for you, on the expressive and the amiable side, those are generally speaking people that are more extroverted. They're more people people. They like to be around people. They get energized to be around being around people. So they naturally think, because it's easy for them to get to know people, for people to like them, they naturally think, well, I must be, you know, I must be versatile. I must be this. I must be that. I don't need to, you know, study this stuff. We hear that a lot. Well, guess what? Do the same exercise. Go to see if all your friends, all the folks you do business with are just like you. Chances they are. Chances are they are. So that means that you are indeed suffering from lack of versatility too. Um, the mm-hmm. ideal situation is, is when you're, you guys have all should focus on getting to the point where it's very difficult for anyone to pigeonhole what personality type you are because you have the ability to quick, 
quickly and effortlessly become like the person you're talking to. Um, so, Julie, we've given them some uh, outward signs of what personality type they are uh, and what type of personality uh, that they're dealing with for their, pros- their prospects. And there's other little outward signs, too. Like when you walk into their house or you look at their neighborhood, if you see a lot of, like, plastic kid stuff, if you see a lot of bikes laying on the street, if you see a lot of sort of organized disorder, chances are that's a very amiable neighborhood. Um, I remember many, many times when Julie and I sold real estate, when you knew you were working with someone amiable, um, that if you took them to a neighborhood where they could see that there's other people that sort of like, you know, exist like they do, instantly they like that neighborhood. Whereas if you take them to other neighborhoods, and this is, this is my point, is that personality types have a tendency to live in the same areas, okay, getting, getting back to lack of versatility. If you go to a very stark, modern sort of, you know, everything's sharp edge and everything's white and gray and beige and, you know, everyone drives, you know, Priuses and electric cars and all that, chances are those people are probably analytical or drivers. And that's not a place that necessarily an expressive person would want to live because they want to live someplace that's the new fashion, the new this, the new style, the bright, this cheery, the trendy area, the big golden gates, you know, the big pillars, the lions at the – you guys get the idea. So this personality stuff, it goes far beyond just essentially what personality type you are and what personality type your uh, friends, family, and prospects are. It also goes to how you live and then, again, identifying what other people are by how they live. Jules? Well, that's exactly right. So give them what they want, right? If they're coming from a very amiable neighborhood and they're expecting their second child, they probably are going to move to a very amiable neighborhood. And you'll, you'll pick the up on this on some of their language, though. Like, I remember one of our clients said they wanted to drive around and do a kid count after the school buses were driving by, right? So they wanted to know how much, you know, not are there kids, but what are the ages of the kids. This is very important to them. So there are also different uh, community styles overall. You know, downtown Vegas, much more expressive than, say, you know, uh, downtown, uh, I don't know, choose your more uh, subtle town, right? So there's tendencies here and there depending on your marketplace as well. Our clients that are on the East Coast tend to be more direct than our clients on the West Coast. We know this from coaching and from having relocation clients from various places. So be sensitive to this and pick up on it. So how do you win with a driver? Let them be direct. Be direct back with them. A driver's voicemail goes like this. You know the drill. Click. Or it might just say beep. Okay, that tells you that they don't want something long and drawn out versus an analytical voicemail that says between the hours of noon and one, I will be here between two and three, I will be here, leave me a detailed message with all the different phone numbers where I can reach you. You see the difference, you can pick up a lot from just what you're hearing on your day to day communications. So how do you win with an I or an influencer, let them be the center of attention. Lots of compliments. They're all, they use the word I a lot. This is what I want. This is what's important to me. Compliments, let them be the life of the party. Don't feel like you are at odds with any of these personality styles. Play into who they are and let them be more like who they actually are. And they won't be able to say why they love you so much, but they'll just be super extra comfortable with you and feel like they, quote, hit it off. An amiable person, lower right-hand quadrant, Make sure that you are letting them know everything that's going on every step of the way because their hot button is being comfortable. They want to be comfortable moving forward. They want to be informed, yes, like an analytical, but they have to feel warm and fuzzy about the situation. 
these uh, the amiable people are the ones that have to see a house three times before they write an offer on it because they want to make sure they're comfortable with where their Christmas tree is going. That's okay. Don't get annoyed by it. Give it to them and then write the contract. Well, so Julie, listen, win. there's... Yeah. There's so many different. Uh, there's you and I could talk about the stuff for two hours nonstop. I mean, yeah. you know, analytical and amiables. If you're o- right, if you're overly direct with analyticals or amiables, they're not going to like you. You got to be indirect when you're dealing with those folks. Drivers expressive, there you can get away with being more direct or indirect. Now, um, Julie, if you don't mind, with the time we have remaining, let's let's talk about the two questions. And I'll just do this. Uh, so when you're trying to basically figure out what personality type they are, this is a you know a quick way to do this. You can kind of do this with yourself too. So Julie uh, helped you guys create a chart. If you're driving or walking, as I know a lot of you guys listen to us in replay, um, you can go to Google and look at these charts. But a little way to kind of game this is put your finger in the middle of the intersection of the four quadrants, right? So dead center in the middle of the, the cross in essence. And then ask yourself the first question about yourself, Okay. So um, this weekend or last weekend, what did you do? Did you spend it with a bunch of friends? Did you go to a club? Did you go to a concert? Did you go shopping? Did you do things that would involve being around lots and lots of other people? Not just going to a mall and looking at people. That's not the same thing. If you went to a mall and you were actually you know, there in the mix and talking with people and socializing, that type of thing. So what I want you to, the first question is, is will, if you are someone that, say, for example, your perfect weekend, this weekend, let's say you're planning your weekend, it's Easter weekend, what's my perfect weekend? I'm going to stay at home, I'm going to spend time with my family, I'm going to read a book, I'm going to listen to music, I'm going to go on a long walk with maybe one other person, usually my spouse or my kid or whatever, and that's my perfect weekend. Chances are you're an, inter, an introvert. So take your finger that's in the middle of your chart and slide it to the left-hand side of your graph. Now, if you're just the opposite, I'm going to go and I'm going to blow it up, I'm going to be the life of the party, I'm going to do things that are going to be force me around other people, chances are you're an extrovert. So slide your finger to the right-hand side of the graph, okay? So depending on where your finger is right now on the graph, the next question you have to ask yourself, and this is a little bit difficult to get a straight answer on, but the next question is, are you direct or indirect? So when someone's communicating with you, or again, you're thinking about yourself, um, are you someone who gets to the point quick, or do you have a tendency to take a while to get to know somebody, take a while to make a point? You know, that question is difficult to ask of yourself because you're, a lot of people have challenges uh, being introspective. So ask, use someone else, someone else that, say, for example, your spouse or your friend or another you agent, well. you know. Somebody that, or, well, I'm saying if you use, if you think, do this little experiment using somebody else you know, so it's not even you at all. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So then the next question you ask is the person that you're thinking of, are they direct or indirect? When they're communicating in real life, not on chat, not on SMS, but in real life, are they direct or indirect? So let's say, for example, you had done this test and you determined that this friend of yours is a life of a party type, an absolute extrovert. A lot of realtors are. Then you now know that the person is probably on the D or on the IS side of the graph. So now the next question is, is the person direct or indirect? So when you talk to them, is, is there no such thing as a short conversation? Do they always like to talk for a while? You know, are these long, drawn-out phone calls? Do you have to basically, you know, you don't want to answer the phone when you see this person calling because you know it's not going to be a quick chat? Okay, that then means you slide your finger down and you're firmly in that S or that amiable supportive category 
Um, and that means that person's dominant personality is most likely an S. Whereas if the person is direct and they're, you know, um, they're, they're, they're still, you know, they're an extrovert, but they're direct, then they're an expressive type. So that's the kind of the preliminary way you understand the DISC stuff. Obviously, guys, this is just skimming the surface of all the different ways you can use this. The bottom line is identify what you are and then uh, learn to identify what other folks are. And then your job as a salesperson, because that is what you are, is to form, is to change your approach so that it better suits that person. You know, the golden rule is treat everyone like you want to be treated yourself. And the platinum rule, another book about this stuff, the platinum rule, by the way, is treat everyone like they want to be treated. So that's what we're asking you to do. Take this into consideration. And if there are persons, if certain personality types you've never, never been able to gel with, certain types of folks, chances are it's for this reason. And, and start with your uh, explorative journey down this rabbit hole. Go to Google and research this by putting in Dr. Marston, D-I-S-C. Guys, we've got to wrap, but as always, listen, anytime you need us for anything, I want you to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Julie, anything else you'd like to say to these guys as we wrap? No, I mean, get used to using this chart, and eventually you'll just have a visualization of it in your head. Direct on the top, indirect on the bottom, which are they? And then are they introverted or extroverted? And that will help you have some guidelines as to how you're communicating. So as I said at the top of the call, this is kind of a secret weapon, secret powers that you have to be more like your clients and prospects so that they will all say, gosh, you know, they're such a great person. They took such great care of me, no matter what their personality style is or yours, that you get that same reaction every time, and this will generate more referrals, more repeat business, easier, tighter transactions. And in many cases, it means you'll get along with the agent on the other side of the deal that much better too. So have fun with this and start using it, and it will become much more fluent for you. Have a fantastic day. We are including the link uh, that we talked about earlier in today's show description. As always, we want to thank our friends over at Mojo Sales for sponsoring today's radio show. Um, certainly appreciate your support in helping us get the word out about the fact that this is going to be, and already is really for many of you, the start of the greatest real estate um, you know, 10 years, maybe 15 years in your entire lives. It's going to be incredible. We're already feeling the momentum from across the country. If you're not yet experiencing that momentum in your own business, of course, please request a free coaching call, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. We now have nine coaches who are standing there waiting for you to request a free coaching call. We are here to help you. That is our sole purpose to, uh, frankly, guys, be service to individual agents in any way that we can. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.